uh, we're going to talk about this uh, this Snowflake IPO that's coming up, right? It's a, it's a big IPO. It's one of the big I, biggest IPOs in years. And what this IPO is, is that it's what's called a cloud data company, right? A lot of people don't understand what this is. So let's just talk about first what it is. Then we're going to talk about how IPOs work. Then we're going to discuss the great opportunities that may exist in this particular uh, stock that's going to debut on the uh, stock exchange this week, right? So first thing, let's talk about what Snowflake is because a lot of people are confused about what they do, but let's talk about it. Well, Snowflake is what's called a big data company. A lot of people have heard that term. A lot of people have heard the term, but they don't know exactly what it means. They don't understand what this term means. Well, let's talk about what big data means. You guys know I come from technology, so I understand tech stocks more than anything else. So big data is simply analyzing storing and uh and, and performing performing analysis and storing huge amounts of data for predictive uh purposes or archiving purposes right people say what does that mean right so you well you got a bunch of data what does that mean well people don't understand the importance and the, and the seriousness the importance the true value of data right you go back 20 years ago databases and uh and information systems didn't evolve to the point we could track everything right so you basically could, could track somebody, somebody's birthday, you know, their height, weight, you know, you stuff like that. We didn't have enough data points to predict behavior. But now, in the last five years, you guys have noticed something that's happening. A lot of people have noticed some things that are happening, right? So what you've noticed is that you will turn on Hulu and there'll be a commercial about something you just talked about. Or you'll you'll get on Netflix or YouTube and all of a sudden you're talking about you're thinking about going to Disney and for some reason Disney's on the screen and you think how how did they figure that out how could they are they listening to me no they're not listening to you and it's simple it's big data because they can they can predict your behavior based on the data points they get from it it's pretty easy it's pretty easy right it's pretty easy and I'll tell you why right because if I wanted to predict somebody's behavior Right. So, it, you know, you got to understand human people think humans think that they're unique. Humans think that they're the only people doing this type of things. But you got to understand is that most people have lived lives like this before. Some people, oh, if you want to predict where I'm going to be in five years with, with, with most things, you know, you may not get it exactly, but you can figure out most things. Just find a dude five years older than me that came from where I came from, that studied the same thing I studied. They had the same life trajectory as I did. And odds are you'll be able to figure out what I'm going to do in the next five years, right? Because you've used those data points. But how are you going to figure out these? You have to have as many data points as possible. You have to have as many as possible. And that's what these big data companies provide. That's why all the stocks are going up in big data companies. That's why all the value of big data is getting bigger. That's why Amazon, why, why do you think Amazon's in big data? I mean, they sell stuff on e Why would they do it? Because there's value in it, right? Why do you think Google's putting so much money into big data because there's value in data, right? So let's talk about how IPOs work. And you guys can ask questions along the way. It's okay. I'll answer them. So for those who don't know what IPO is, right? So an IPO, uh, for those of you who have listened to my last podcast, we talked about exit strategies, right? We talked about exit strategies. And you guys don't understand how deep this goes. So, this goes pretty deep, right? So you guys don't understand how deep this goes. So let's talk about what IPOs are. IPOs are a type of exit strategy. You know, people are saying, what? how is it a type of exit strategy? What are you talking about? 
What are you saying, right? Because these people, no, man. When I tell you guys you got to get out of the stocks, when I tell you guys you have to exit your businesses, when I tell you guys, you when you, you can't just hold on to something forever. You got to have an exit strategy. Well, IPOs are a type of exit strategy, right? And people say, well, what do you mean it's a type of exit? You know, what? no, it's because people that are building a business, right? That people. This is how IPO works. You have a company. It's private. Private companies can only seek money from certain types of investors, accredited investors, venture capitalists. They can do it from friends and family. That's legal too. But you can't go out and ask for people on social media to give you money. You know, that's illegal. Most people don't know that. If I put a post up and say, hey, man, starting this company, I need a bunch of people to give me money. And I don't, I'm not registered with the SEC. That's illegal. You can go to jail for that. That's securities fraud. Most people don't realize that. I see some uh, people on, on Instagram doing that type of thing. And I'm like, man, look. I said, you know, you guys, you guys are doing things that may be illegal and you don't even realize it. But you can only seek money from certain types of people when you're, when you're a private company. If I own a pizza shop down the street, now I can't go ask for money on the internet for my shop. That's illegal. Now I can get it from friends and family. I can get it from venture capitalists, but I can't get it from, uh, from the general public. But as my company grows, I can seek out new venture capitalists, new friends and family. But then when it comes to the point where you can't, get enough money to grow your company to where you know it can be. So what do you do? You have to do what's called going public. That gives you the right to get ask the public for money. And in turn, you sell them parts of your company, shares. And for those of you who have taken my one-on-one class, you know that stocks are simply ownership shares in a company. That's what you're buying. That's what you're selling. Ownership share in a company, right? So in an IPO, that's the first time they offer parts of that company to the public. That's the first day, which is Wednesday for Snowflake. That's the first day they're gonna offer it to us, right? But you have to understand is that that's a form of exit strategy for the owners. Because let's say you own 100% of the company, company's going up rapidly. Now you got all the risk on your side. Well, you know what, anything could happen, right? That's what I'm telling you guys to understand that how deep this goes with the elites, how deep this goes with the people who got money, how deep this goes with the rich. They don't hold on to stuff. Who can't? Okay, they, they, they don't hold on to stuff. They get rid of it. They get off some, they call it getting some of it off the table. You can't have all your money into some stock hoping and begging. Oh, come on, man, please go up. You, can, you can't do that. You have to be able to get some out. Who, who, who could be up 800% in the stock and then take a dollar out? That's ridiculous. That's what the rich don't do that. The poor do it for some reason, which I don't understand. I don't even understand why, but the poor will hold on to something. Rich people sell it immediately. They get out of it. And that's what an IPO is, is that they get to shift some of the risk to the public. And maybe, you know, they can get, you know, I'm not, that's not bad, right? Shifting risk is not bad. Get, taking something out of it is not bad. That's what you're supposed to do as a businessman. You're supposed to get the risk off you and get some cash in. That's what you're supposed to do. So what they do is a form of an exit strategy. They say, look, we own 100% of this company, or 90%, because they probably sold something to privately. They said, man, we got to get some of this, this risk off us. We don't, I can't hold on to this company forever. I need to be a million. I need to be a billionaire. So I'm going to sell some right now to the public. And then I'll, I'll keep some too. I'll keep a lot of it. But I'm going to sell some to make sure I have my money, to make sure I don't, I'm not, I'm not A out on this, to make sure I'm not going to be left holding the bag. They sell some of their stocks to you. IPO is a form of cashing out, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you're supposed to do as a business person, right? That's a way that they get the risk off of them. It's a, it's an exit strategy. That's exactly what it is, 
right? It's a way they cash out, give the risk to you. And then you know, in, in, in an ideal situation, everybody ends up making money. But that's that's cool, right? But it's a way to shift the risk to you so they can get some of that money out. The rich and the elite don't risk all their money. The rich and the elite don't do that. Poor people do it for some reason. I know some people that had hurts when it was going up, didn't sell nothing. Up 700%, didn't sell a dollar. And then it crashed all the way down, lost their money, right? So IPO is a form of getting out, right? That's a form, they can get capital. It's, it's not always about getting out, but mostly it is. But it's also, they can get capital for business operations. They can get uh, their name out there. So it's a big process, right? But they have to, in order to do that, they have to, uh, get they have to be approved by the SEC. The SEC is the Security and Exchange Commission, and what they do is that they uh, they monitor and they uh, regulate uh, all you know sales of publicly traded stocks. The SEC, right? So they have to go through a long process. They have to do all this stuff. And on the day of IPO, they start selling it to the general public. Well, the thing about it is that people like regular people. I tried to get in on this pre-IPO. To be honest, I'm not. I didn't know about uh, Snowflake. I didn't know about Snowflake until like what, about three weeks ago. So I called my, I wrote my broker email. I say, hey man, can you get me in this Snowflake IPO? They're like, nah, it's sold out. It's sold out. You know, you can't get into that. I was like, oh man, but um, because I know, because I knew it was going up, but it's it's too late now. But so I got to buy it with the public, right? On on Wednesday, hopefully. So when a stock opens up IPO like that, what happens is that the stock opens. And, uh, and and they have they set an opening price, which it, it was seventy five dollars. Now it's one hundred and ten. So that tells you they think it's going to blow up. They already raised the price, right? Warren Buffett's already in. Uh, Salesforce is already in. So th it's gonna. This is gonna be a problem. And then there's risk with this, right? Because I think sales. I mean, I think um, uh, uh, Snowflake is gonna be a very very powerful company in the coming months, but. There's, you know, there's always risk. So, you know, we got to talk about the risk. I wouldn't be doing my job by helping you guys, by showing you guys, by teaching you guys, if I didn't teach you about risk. Because everybody, now all these other people that teach about stocks, you know, all over the internet, all over Instagram, they always talk about, oh my God, you're going to get rich. Man. They, nobody ever talks about risk. And I feel like that we should talk more about risk. Because risk is always there. Even when the stock's up, you got risk. Even when it's down, risk is always there. We have to know how to manage it, right? So, I think that Snowflake's going to be a two, three hundred percent, go up two, three hundred percent in the next year. That's what I think. But the thing about it is that I don't know how how it's going to work. Or how, you know, I can only tell you that's going to happen. It may happen the first week. It may happen the first two weeks. It may happen, you know, over three months. I don't know. And what could happen is it could go up and go right back down in two weeks. I'm not saying it's going to stay up. I'm not saying you know it's gonna it's gonna keep going up. I don't know. Because there's two things that can happen, right? Is that when stocks go up that fast, people always sell off. They always sell off. And the second thing is that they, they raise their offering to 100. And sometimes I've seen that in the past. when they, they, It's the company getting greedy. That's what happens. Is that they start off at 75 and they say, look, we're going to raise it to, uh, to 100. 100. They, they get greedy. And sometimes... You know, they just came out with this, right? I said it was going to go up 200% before that. But now I'm starting to worry because companies that normally do that start getting greedy like that is that they, they end up killing their own stock. And to be honest, they don't care as long as they get their money. That's that's the thing about, that's the thing, the underhanded part of stocks that the average person does not know is the company will, will dump on the retail people. The company will dunk. You know, shares have two uh, levels.
They got the preferred and they got the normal shares. We all, on the stock market, we all buy the normal shares. We don't buy the preferred shares. So they'll dump on you. They'll, they'll disrespect you. They'll, they'll sell it. They'll do all of that stuff. So it's very important to manage that risk because we don't know what they're going to do, right? They already raised the price. They're already getting greedy, and I don't, I don't like that. I, that's one thing I don't like about Snowflake. They raised the price. It was 75 Now they raised it to 100 Now you're like, man, by the time we actually – you got to remember, when IPO opens, we, we're not going to be the ones that buy it. The insiders buy it first. And that's another thing people don't realize about IPO. So on, on, on Wednesday morning, it opens up. You can't buy because somebody has to sell it because we don't get – they don't just put it on the stock market. They buy they, – they sell the stock to certain people who are already on the list to buy the stock. So they buy it, and then we can't buy it to one of those people sells it on the market. And it normally takes a while. Sometimes you can't even do it the first day. Sometimes you can't do it for the first two hours. But you don't know. You have to, you know, you have to be careful, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen. So we may not be able to get into it till about 12 o'clock, if, if probably later, but unless somebody starts selling it early, which normally takes a while. But it's opening at 110. Are they going to sell it to those people at 110? So... Nah, Relentless Mike is not illegal. That's what I'm telling you, man. Some of this stuff, stocks are a great way to build wealth. But it, 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 to be honest, it's kind of geared toward the super rich. So you have to understand these laws, these rules, how things work so you can uh, maneuver in this environment. Right? It's not, no, what they do, the first thing IPO do is they, sell, they got a list of people who get the IPO before anybody else. And that's who they sell it to. Now, those people have to turn around and sell it on the market. And that's when we can buy it, right? We're not on that list. So we may not get it until, like, you know. And if the crazy thing about those people, when it's a hot IPO, they buy it and just sell it to us. They, they, they make guaranteed money. It's guaranteed money in most cases. They buy it for 110 By the time they sell it, it's going to be like 120 130 because of the hype. And then they, they cash out. So that's the crazy thing about uh about about how the market works you have to understand that it's, it's not geared toward us right and we don't have a little bit a lot of control but that's okay now martha stewart went to jail because she she traded on insider information it's not the same thing she traded on insider information that means that she knew somebody called her and said, hey man the stock's about to drop then she sold it can't do that that's illegal uh but what what this is is something different what this is is that uh Oh, we got a question. So you're saying when a startup raised money via Kickstarter Indigo crowdfunding, that's illegal. No, uh, if you look at how kick, Kickstarter is set up, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's, it, they don't, you don't, see, this is the different thing. It's not an investment because you're just giving them the money. That's not the same thing, right? That's, a, that's just, you're just giving them the money. You can't expect nothing in return. Maybe a product or something, but they're not going to say, look, it's only illegal when you say, give me money and I'm going to give you a piece of the company back as an investment. That's the only way it's illegal. Now, Kickstarter, you're just giving them money because you like the product. That's legal. That's crowdfunding. That's not investment. You know, that's crowdfunding. That's a different thing. So let's move on, right? So the thing about it is, uh, so so Snowflake's going to uh, go IPO here. And they have they have some competition out there. It's, it's weird about their competition, too. They, they have some competition. Amazon Web Services, uh, Windows. They got Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud. Those are their three uh if you guys don't know what those are, those are cloud solutions uh, for uh, web, you know, web services, data, data housing, or whatever. But the crazy thing is, is that they're all their service, uh, Snowflake's entire infrastructure is built on those two, those uh, three of those services. So they, they, they can't, it won't even, 
their company couldn't exist without Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. That, that's kind of funny, and uh, and that's kind of funny, right? So, like I said, uh, you know, we got you know Warren Buffett's in it. We know Salesforce is involved. So there's a bunch of things we can do. There's a bunch of things we can do to get in on this IPO, right? And and like I said, there's never one. People always want me to tell them one strategy exactly what to do. I don't know what to do. You have to sometimes you have to sit. Some of them I know. Some of them I could go ahead and do stuff. Sometimes I have to sit back and react to what's happening. Sometimes you have to be patient, like we did this morning. If you guys remember uh, on last night's live, I told you about Salesforce. Uh, I'm sorry, I told you about uh, Oracle, and I said you should wait. I said patience is a, is a virtue. You have to wait. You can't just jump on stuff. And the crazy thing is, some people still did it and end up losing money. I told you. I said last night. I said, look, and for those who you have taken my classes, for those of you who have taken specifically the momentum class, you a lot of you guys waited because you knew. You knew what to wait for, right? That's what made that, And like like I said, we didn't make no money, but we saved a lot of money. And that's a win in itself. Saving a lot of money is a win. You know, and a lot of you guys who took that momentum class, a lot of you guys who taking my classes, you saw that. You saw that unfolding like it. You, you, you knew not to jump on that. But a lot of people wrote me and said, oh, man, I jumped on it after they heard the entire lie. We talked about this last night. We said that if those things doesn't happen, that's why it's so important for you to take classes from somebody. It may not be me. Go find somebody. There's other people on Instagram that are good. Uh, that's, but you can go on YouTube and get most of the stuff free. There's a whole bunch of things you could do. But the thing about it is that if you don't, if you don't pay the $20, $30 for a class somewhere, you're going to pay in thousands. That's how you're going to learn. You're going to learn one way. You're going to learn, but it's going to be with do money. You're going to lose a lot of money learning, mistakes and learning. You'll figure it out eventually, but it's going to cost you thousands as opposed to a hundred, you know? And that's what we talked about last night. We said, look, it's a great opportunity. It could be a very, possibly a wonderful opportunity, but we have to wait. We have to wait. We cannot just jump on stuff, right? What happened? What happened is that they halted the stock. Uh, first of all, it was dropping anyway. So we had to wait for recovery. That's what caused it. You know, we had to calm down. We had to wait for recovery. But it halted the stock. And what happened is that uh, is that Oracle, the, the news was, uh, that Oracle put out news, uh, misleading news. So what happened, uh, so, somebody, so somebody wants to know, what happened? Why did Oracle stop trading uh, this morning? Well, what happened is that uh, whenever a stock, they, uh, when a stock has unusual activity, like Oracle did this morning, it was about to explode, right? It was about to explode. What happened is that the SEC thought felt like that they put out misleading news. Because what it seemed like to the news uh, is that they bought TikTok. That's what that's what everybody kind of assumed. And then as the as the you know as the night unfolded, as that morning unfolded, you come to realize all they're doing is just housing the data. That's not a an acquisition. That's not buying. That's just like a partnership, right? That's a partnership. And they presented it like it was an acquisition. So, of course, everybody's going to try to buy the stock. So, in order to, to kind of help the people, like help people and stop people from buying into something like that, they halted it, waited till the news got out, then they let it come back. It was misleading. And companies do that all the time. You got to be careful. That's why patience is so important. But, like I said, Oracle got halted. The people who took my classes, they knew what to watch, they knew what to wait for, and we saved money. And remember, Saving money is just as good as losing because we could have lost a lot of money. We could have lost a lot of money, but we knew what to wait for. We, we knew what to wait for. 
And a lot of people, that's what's crazy too, is a lot of people jumped on it. Like, and that's what that's what I can't understand, man. And like I said, you gotta be patient with this stuff. Like people, like you only had about 20 minutes to jump into Oracle anyway. And I don't know, people still bought it. After we talked, we had a, the entire hour yesterday, we spoke about how this is gonna play out, how to play it, how to watch what's gonna happen, and when, when exactly when not to jump in. And people still text me this morning. I jumped in. <laughs> I was like, man, we, I was watching you live last night. I jumped in. I was like, didn't we talk about this? Like, I, don't, I just don't understand it, man. Like, but, but you know, some people just, but it, like people make their own decisions. So it's not, it's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, it's like, like, I mean, that that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, there's, there's, there's a hundred other stocks. Actually, Tesla would have been a good call, an option for a call today. Tesla's going up. And the reason why Tesla's going up is because uh, everybody's expecting battery data to come up. And I, like I said, uh, I had a friend uh, today, and he uh, and he put, he bought he bought some call options on Neo. And because Neo had a good earning, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going by what he said. He said that Neo had a good earnings call, so he bought after the call. You guys got to remember is that a lot of times, once the news is already out, the stock's not going to keep going up unless it's amazing news. Most of the stock's rise happens leading up to the news. It's a phenomenon called buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Is that most people that are like, we talked about the levels of money, and this is my opinion. It's like, you got the wild money, you got the retail, smart money, and you got very smart money, right? So the people that are smart money and up, they, 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 they sell on the news. They buy on the rumor, sell on the news. That's what they do, right? So the other people, they, they don't, you know, uh, they, they buy after they get dumped on after the news is already out right so once the once the battery day comes up so it, it'll be a, like we talked about yesterday you'll see some it'll be leading up to it it'll be kind of like some momentum going upwards leading up to battery day and then once the battery day comes it may it may tank down because nobody's no reason to hold the stock anymore so let's go back to what could happen with sell uh, uh uh snowflake right so Snowflake, we can buy it on IPO day as soon as we can. But there's risk to that, right? There's two risks. Is that sometimes IPOs, because they raise the price, sometimes it, it kills the uh, the hype. Because people are like, oh man, $120, it was $75, i am not buying it. Sometimes it kills it. Sometimes it kills it. The second thing that could happen is it can go up three, 400% the first week, which is a good, good possibility, right? But I don't think with this one, it'll go up that fast, but it could. The third possibility is that even though it's a great stock, even though Warren Buffett's in it, even though Salesforce is in it, uh, the whole market could fall. And that's something that you can't control, right? It's another thing we can't control is that if the whole market falls, then it's nothing you can do anyway. Like all these stocks are going to lose 20%, 30%. So that's something that could affect this, right? So, you know, you still got to be careful. You still got to practice patience. You still have to make sure this is the right decision if you choose to do it. All right, so we gotta go. So I'm definitely signing up for a momentum class because your girl lost three thousand on a split. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, <clears throat> but uh, like you guys said, I still have a momentum. Uh, I still have the mentorship program, so we have the the second round table this Wednesday. Uh, so if you guys are interested in the mentorship program, what that is that you get all the live classes, you get all the free classes. I'm sorry, you get the live and recorded class, and you also get access to the roundtable, which is every two weeks where we discuss 
general wealth building strategies. It's not just stocks. It's not just investing, but we also talk about how to increase your income. And we discuss ways that actionable ways that you can increase the income because the more money you have coming in as income, the more you can invest, the more you can put in real estate, the more you can put in stocks. And that's how you, you, uh, you, you drive real wealth. That's how you drive real wealth. And there's, there's four or five people, maybe 10 people on this live right now that are, are in the mentorship program. They are in it. They're already doing good. They're already, you know, making money. Some of them are already, you know, take, took in a lot of, you know, took advantage of a lot of things we talk about. So I can do another momentum class next week, but you can also buy an $85 package out there. If you click the link in my bio, there it is. You can, uh, you can click that and you'll get all the recorded classes. But if you do the mentorship program, you get the recorded, all of them, you get including the uh, momentum class. You get all of that. Yeah. So if I purchase shares of snowflake, I'll post it on Monday or Wednesday or Thursday. So if I do it, I'll post it. And another thing I'm working on too, so a lot of people have asked me about signals and a, a private uh, chat room. So I'm probably going to do that. Mentorship people get it at no charge. But if, if people want, you know, uh, I'm probably going to do that here pretty soon. I'm probably going to do that uh, maybe over this next week. So uh, whenever I see like certain stocks, certain opportunities, I'll put it in there. And uh and, and we'll just talk we'll just talk all day about stocks because a lot of times if we if everybody's together and connected, we can uh we can drive each other to greatness, right? And that's what I want to make sure we're all, you know, there for. So if somebody wants to join in that and they're not in the mentorship program, we'll come up with like a nominal price for that. Maybe like a like four or five dollars a week or something, I don't know. And uh but that you know, but we're probably gonna start that here this week, right? On I'm probably gonna do it on Telegram because I like Telegram a lot. And, uh, and like I said, if you're in the mentorship program, everything that I do, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in. So, uh, so I want to make sure the people in the mentorship program get the full value. So, and, you know, whatever they're paying, I want to make sure they get everything that they that they paid for, right? And, and more, and much, much more. But I'm starting that probably here pretty soon, uh, probably this week, probably, because a lot of people have asked about it. I just haven't had time. Oh, uh, another thing about it, this is off subject here, but. Uh, but you guys know that I do, I, I'm, a, I'm a tech entrepreneur. That's what I am, right? And I know a lot about stocks because I built stock applications. I built cryptocurrency applications, stock applications over the years. Even before cryptocurrency, I did a lot of work in stock picking applications, right? I won an award for it up in New York at a Benzinga uh, a few years ago. And uh, that's when I met that one guy. Uh, I've been on the NASDAQ trading floor. I met, what's the guy that's on uh, Shark Tank? The bald-headed one, Larry, something. I met him one time. At one, we, we, were, we got honorable mention, though. We, don't, we didn't get the, the war, but he was there that time. But back to what I was saying is that uh, it's something I'm going to announce. I haven't told everybody yet, but my company won. Uh, you know, it, there, was, there was an award that IBM was giving out, a nationwide award for all the, uh, the applications that are written uh, in response to the COVID crisis. So... We, wrote a, we have a company called HireMatch. HireMatch is a decentralized recruitment platform. So after Corona crisis, after the COVID crisis, we repurposed that application so that we can, we can uh, service people who have lost their jobs after, uh, after the COVID crisis, right? Because a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are uh, suffering. So we have an application we, we, we refocused for that purpose, right? So we want a, war, a nationwide award from IBM, which is going to release the press release this week, uh, 
for that for that for that uh for that application. So it's a huge award, right? Like I said, I'm only I'm, I'm the only one of color that's in that list. It's five companies, and IBM is gonna give us their marketing team. They're gonna give us their uh they're gonna let us use their uh their blockchain engineers, their software engineers. We're gonna have access to IBM because we're actually partnering with IBM now. So IBM is our partner now in this application, right? So we have the press release is coming out probably this week from IBM. And when that comes out, I'll show you guys. I'll put it on my Instagram so you guys can see it. But that's what I do most. That's what my days are filled with, right? That's what I do. So sometimes I, I you know, I get behind on some of this, the other tech, you know, the uh, finance stuff. But but now, you know, uh, now that we got that out of the way, because we were working with IBM a lot over the last, remember I told you guys I was working on a big project? That's what I was doing. So we actually won the award. So uh, whenever that press release comes out, I'm, I'll post it on my Instagram uh, and let you guys take a look at that. But, and like I said, in this in that field, I don't see nobody of color. And that's why I give these free tech classes so much. I, I, like I said, I don't even charge for those. I just do them free. I got another one coming next week. It's because there's not there's nobody of color in this stuff. Like, I, we, it was a virtual, we, we couldn't, the thing about it, is that we couldn't have a, a, a real award ceremony because we were supposed to fly there. We were going to have a, get a received award and all this stuff. We couldn't do it. We had to do it online, right? So I'm looking at all the people that got, you know, nominated and stuff, the whole screen of the Zoom, all nobody of color, nobody except me. That's it. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what's so important is that I want to make sure that we get more people of color because that tech industry is what pulled me out of poverty. And that's a story that I want to talk about before I leave. Is that when I when I grew, I grew up in poverty, right? And uh, nobody, no. I, the thing about it is that people always say no. They were the first person in their in their, uh, in their school, first person in their family to go to college. Well, you got to remember when I grew up, I never even met anybody ever that went to college. Nobody <laughs> that graduated. They graduated. I know I did some. I had an aunt that was. I had two aunts that were actually in college. They didn't finish. But I knew nobody. I never met anybody. The day I stepped into college, prior to that, I never met anybody that went to college. I didn't even know. The thing about it, when I first got into college, I didn't even know how to act. I thought I was supposed to like sit there and like, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, sir, professor. I didn't know. Because I never I knew nothing about that. But I, you know, I after about the first second day I realized. But the first day, man, I was nervous. I was around people that I didn't feel like I was supposed to be there. I was nervous. I felt like out of place. I felt like everybody was better than me. Like this, I'm just a dude from the, you know. From the, at the country, I was in the country at that point, but just let's say the projects, because I was in the projects, but now I don't even have a dad. My mom was a janitor at the school. I didn't feel like I worked, like I, I was supposed to be there, but when I got out of college, you know, I took computer science, got out of college. Now, my first experience with stocks was at my second job out of college. I, I worked in Nashville for a while, and I moved down to Florida. So I took a job here at an insurance company writing software. So I sit down at my desk the first day, and it's this dude in front of me. I wish he was listening because he actually changed my life. It was like like 15 years, 14, 15 years ago. So the dude, uh, that was about 13, let me see, about 13, 14 years ago. So the dude was like, hey, Armando, man. He's like, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Dorian. He was an older white dude. He was about, he was about 60 at the time, so he's probably like 70-something now. And so he comes and he, sh he shakes my hand and everything, you know, yeah, whatever. And then, then one day I like looking around the cubicle and I see him doing something on the screen with all these numbers and like these companies. I'm like, man, what are you doing, man? He's like, man, I got these, these stocks, man, these stocks. You got to get into these stocks. I'm like, come on, man, that's for like rich people. I don't have no money for that. 
And over the time, he just kept saying, "Look, Armando, you got to." You know, I go to I go to lunch right with everybody, and now all everybody just talking about stock, stock, stock. All these older white men. I'm like, man, what are they talking about, man? I was like, man, you know, when everybody's talking about something around you, there's only two things you could do. Either maybe you, you know, sometimes when everybody's talking about something, you know, sometimes you got to go the opposite way. But in this case, if everybody's doing something, talking about something, you may need to look into it. You would need, you at least need to look into it, and then. It, you know, it may not be for you and you move away. You, 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 it would be against you to not look into it, not know what they're talking about. And then, you know, you can move on. But so I said, man, I'm going to start looking this stuff up, man. So I started looking it up and I finally, you know, I researched whatever. And I finally said, so I'm going to do my first trade, put like 5000 into something, man, it went way up. And then ever since then, I've been in love with stocks. But, but let's go back to what happened, right? Is that if, te- if it wasn't for tech, I never would have known about stocks. But tech put me into a different world that I never would have been in in no way, shape, or form. Tech moved me from the projects, from, you know, and after I went into projects in high school. I was actually in the country, and way out in the country somewhere. And it put me among these people who told me and, 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 and you know, pulled me along. Because sometimes, like we talk about, like people say, it's a cliche, but if you're in a group that everybody's above you, they're eventually going to pull you up. You know, they're eventually going to pull you up knowledge-wise and financial-wise. It's just a matter of time. So, and you got to get in that group of people. And that's what tech did for me. It moved me from where I was at to where I, you know, to where I am today. Right? That's what happened. It pulled me up to another level. That's where I am today is because of that first job and that first dude that took me under his wing. That one dude. And he probably was just talking or he didn't realize the impact he had on me. And like I said, I don't even know what happened to him. I wish I could find his number so I could thank him because he changed my life, really. He was one of the, it's like two people that changed my life. Of course, my mom. And it was, uh, and it was I had a fifth grade teacher named Ms. Gasick. I wish I knew her, her too. She changed my life. She was the, one of the people who thought I would be something when everybody else said I would be nothing. And then the third thing, and, and he changed my life. And I had a teacher, and I, I said, I did have a teacher in, uh, at Austin Peay State University, Dr. McGrons, he, he's, he's, he's pretty influential too. So he's one of the top three people, right? And that's what changed my life. So I always try to tell me, man, you gotta get tech is very important. At least understand it. At least like, like I said, we just made the example that if everybody's doing something, you at least gotta look into it. You may not wanna do it, it may not be for you, but at least look into it. So we got a question, easiest way to learn coding without college. Now, if I could start all over, and I wanted to learn coding, I would probably do a boot camp, uh, one of those boot camps online or something, uh, and make sure you get a good one. Uh, some of those, some I would do, I would do something like that. Because, uh, so I think, I think you can learn. To be honest, I think you can learn coding. A university degree is good to have, four-year degree, but, uh. But like you can learn coding a lot easier by yourself. I mean, on your own or in a, in a, I just don't think that's uh, you need a four year degree for that. I have a four year degree, but I don't think I needed it because you got to remember in that four year degree, only two years was uh, dedicated towards coding. The rest of it was English and and history and stuff I really don't even use no more. So two years of that, you know, and another two years was for coding. So I, I could have got a two year degree and just not didn't do anything else. I mean, I knew enough English, I knew enough history, I knew enough art. Why did I take art? Yeah, but I'm saying tech has a lot of opportunities, man. If somebody asks, you know, you need a degree. I mean, think about Apple. Think about a lot of these other companies. They don't. T- they don't talk about, you know, 
they don't ask about degrees anymore. And that's the, even the federal government said that uh, they no longer are asking for degrees uh, for jobs, right? Uh, Apple no longer looks for it. I, you know, I, I did a Google interview about five or six years ago, maybe longer. I, I didn't interview me for something. They never once asked me if I had a degree. All they asked me is they put me on, they put a, it was online and then uh, I never actually went there, but it was online. And they, uh, they only asked me, what can you do? And then they put me, oh, they said, okay, so we, I want you to code this and I want you, I'm going to watch you. Now you, I mean, you don't really need degrees. Like, like I said, I have, I had a tech company and my, my best developer didn't even have a degree and I paid him. I, he had, he made good money. He, he could do whatever he wanted. I didn't care. As long as the dude did the job, why do I care where he get where his degrees from? He was better than the ones that had degrees. He was better, more honest. He, he did his work better. Uh, now, I'm a, a front end or back end. I'm a full stack developer. That means from the whole stack all the way down to the server. Front end, back end, all the way down. Server uh, down to the database. I'm a, I'm a full stack developer. Uh, I could do everything, front end and back end. I'm an agnostic developer. I don't, I don't know language. I could do any language I want because I know I know how the syntax works. So I could pick up any language that I need to. So I think that's what a lot of developers need to uh, work work towards is being a full stack uh, agnostic developer. All right. Uh, so I'll give you guys a few minutes to ask some questions. Then we'll go ahead and end it for tonight. Remember, guys, that uh, I got the uh, those cl the classes. I got the I got the uh, the value investing class to teach you how to buy undervalued stocks and options. That's this week. Next week, uh, we got the uh, the the, the uh, order type class, which tells you how to do trailing stop stop orders, uh, different order types to make sure you get as much profit as possible, but also limiting your risk. That class is next week. We got the eighty-five dollar package with all the classes you need to get started, and we also got the mentorship program. We're having a roundtable tomorrow which we discuss not only investing, but different ways to grow wealth, but also uh, you get access to all the classes, any new classes that's coming up, any live classes that's coming up, and also all the old recorder class, all the other recorded classes. So that's really the best. And you'll get access to the Discord when I created it. Created. But so whatever is it, whatever the date is, I could be wrong, I don't know. Just look in the, uh, whatever the date is in the platform, that's the, uh, that's the, it may be Wednesday. If it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday. So I keep, what's today? Mon today's, uh, today's Monday. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is on Wednesday. It's the day after tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was Tuesday. Yeah, it is on Wednesday. I got confused because you said tomorrow and I thought like, in my mind, I thought it was Tuesday for some reason. So it is on Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Sorry, guys. I hope you guys have a great night. Uh, if you have any questions, any, you want any links to any of the classes, just DM me. And I hope you have a great night.